I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. Got just a quick update on a few little things mid-season here. We've got uh, archery going on in South Dakota. Archery is just about done in Colorado, so uh, glad I filled and I'm done with that. Definitely a, a, a great hunt, but uh, definitely came with quite a bit of baggage, so go ahead and and go back to episode 95 and listen to that one where I tell my whole story of, of my Colorado hunt. So got some crap on that one for my site usage, um, which is uh, fine, whatever. Uh, having a dialed site, I still would never go without that site now. Um, it's a four-pin slider, so my top pin is a my slider then i have a so that top pin is also the 20 and then the next pin is the 30 40 and then 50 is my bottom pin so anything past that i slide but um i got that site because of some of my issues in the past where i've had a seven pin even a five pin it's just too much in my site picture so it's a really difficult thing to for me in the moment to be able to calm down and say which pin am i using if i don't know my yardage i get some some target panic in that so i just am always overcompensating and thinking oh if i go it's the elk or deer's at 40 yards if i go for 50 that'll overcompensate and i'll be good i won't be shooting under i must have been doing a lot of shooting under in the past of some sort so i've just in, I know it makes zero sense, but just in my head and in the moment, I'm always trying to think, use a further pin up than or down than what I when I think. So that that's been a uh, struggle. Having four pins now allows me to have way more control over that, and I don't even need to dial when I have a target at sixty. So I'm good from zero to sixty yards. Anything past that, I need to take my time on anyway. So uh, I'm going to stick with what I got. I really like that that site. It's a $550 site from HHA. 
it's a good site. Uh, I I struggle with with seeing how guys are doing the single pin slider. That that I think you've really got to learn your system because so many variables are going to keep you from seeing what your uh, uh, or being able to dial into where your your target really is. So the if you're looking for a site, even though I had a total rookie mistake on that, I would really suggest this HHA site. It, it's a really sweet deal and I really like it uh, because I do like to just most of my shooting all of my shooting except a couple arrows every year are at an animal so shooting in the yard this site makes that really fun to be able to go out to 100 115 uh, and have fun with it so I'd look into that and I'm going to keep going with the site I got and the harassment can keep coming in for my site choice, but I will, uh, stand behind that. There's just human er other human error that has happened in my hunt last week or in last week's episode that bigger issues happened right previous hunts. So I, I have worked through this struggle, uh, well before this hunt and am still in the, in the weeds with it trying to figure out how to control my shot process, control my finding my pin and settling in, in the moment of pulling the trigger. So anyway, I just wanted to go through a couple of things. I got an update on some dog training, kind of where, where we're at now. And if you got a pup that you're working with, or even if you've got an older dog, uh, maybe even just two years old, or you got a COVID dog, so it's a year old now or a year and a half. Uh, there's still a lot you can do. And then a little season update with some things. So I've noticed now that my dog is five months old, it's easy to get frustrated. And the grouse seasons have started. There's a couple of pheasant seasons or a pheasant season uh, for youth has started here. And uh, like I said, I've, I'm not that big of a bird hunter way more of a big game hunter, but this opportunity to get this dog just came came about so had to i really wanted to, to train her up and uh our seasons are so long here in south dakota and i live in south dakota i gotta have a bird dog she's not gonna be the best bird dog in the world because of me she could be because of the lines she came out of so i will do my very best to keep some training going and like i said it's easy to get frustrated She's not listening. She's doing, getting into things. Maybe uh, the other day she jumped up onto the counter and grabbed a hunk of backstrap straight off the counter. Uh, I sure did yank that out of her throat, wash it off, and maybe cut a little bit off. But uh, sure did eat that still. <laughs> but wasn't letting that go to waste. Digging in the yard, things like that. Uh, or during training, she will literally just take off. So I've done micro things to adjust that. Uh, I I think she's a little early for a shot collar, so I'm using that very cautiously. Uh, but putting that on her did allow for her to see, oh, it's go time. And when she took off the one time, I did just give her just uh, the slightest little nick, and then now it's on the vibrate and the beep. So that is effective enough getting her to realize oh that's what that thing does uh that beep is really effective now so that's i'm being flexible and learning what my dog needs 
and want my dog uh, where she's at in her training. So if you've got a, a, a dog, you're not going to, the plan is not going to go according to what your plan you're following. I've been watching the dog bone hunter. I've been watching the uh, paint river kennels video series that came with my dog. Uh, I've been watching quite a few things on YouTube and none of it is going to go right to exactly that because you've got to go to work every day. You have to, you don't have the setup. You don't have pigeons. You don't have a field to go do that training in. And it's tough to expect the exact same results as that person. That's their style. Uh, it's just like anything. You can't repeat someone else's style the exact same way and, and expect that to be repeated. So you have to find your own style. I kind of took that, my example or analogy would be coaching. Uh, I had an amazing college wrestling coach and he was my high school wrestling coach as well. Kind of funny how that worked out. Uh, but he was an amazing man, amazing coach. And I had his style in the back of my head when I jumped into coaching, but realized that that is not something that I can emulate. I have to be my own style. So I used some of his technique things he learned, but yet put my spin on it into how I interacted with kids. So you got to figure out what your style is with your dog and see where your dog is at and be okay to stray from the original plan. But as long as it's consistent, I think you're good. Another big moment that I knew from the beginning and I'm definitely trying to keep still rolling is that every moment is training. Every time you let her jump up on you, every time it jumps up on the counter or sits there and begs while you're you're eating, which we do not feed her scraps at all, but just the fact that I got a three-year-old there, she's definitely wanting to, to clean up after him. So putting her elsewhere during that time or really being firm with a no and uh, inner candle is probably the best, best bet there. So one thing I've noticed with trying to find every little moment is training. Even when you're cooking, cooking in the kitchen, doing a sit stay in the kitchen, that is training. And you can see in her eyes as she's sitting just focused on me, that's wearing her out. When she go start wrestling with my older golden in the living room, in the kitchen, that's not okay. I don't want him playing and running around, tearing up the carpet. So I'm going to, I grab her, set her down and tell her to sit, stay. And she's got that figured out. She will sit there and stay there. And as long as you stay, stay on it, um, with eye contact and remind her to stay every <clears throat> 30 seconds or so, she'll stay there. So that's a good way to have her sit. I have her to calm down and I can continue on doing exactly what I'm doing, but I'm getting training on in at that moment. <clears throat> uh, another really great tip that I found that's working well is releasing her to do whatever. This is allowing me to have way more control. When I let her out, uh, we got to put her on a leash, a long lead and out she goes. So having her sit, Instead of like jumping all around and bouncing, trying to hook her to a collar, have her sit there so you can hook and then release her from there. Uh, whenever she's in her kennel, this is so easy to train. And I really like that I did it. Instead of her pushing through the kennel, then if you 
open it up. This is the very first time I did it. Open it up slightly and she just starts sticking her nose out, closing it in on her. And as they keep pushing, keep closing it. And once they realize that they need to sit back and just relax for a minute, I can open the door up and then she doesn't come out till I tell her to come out. Really easy thing to do. And it didn't take long for her to realize that one. And now she doesn't come out unless she's told to. I do the same thing with eating. It's really annoying to have a dog that just knocks it out of your hand or jumps in there before you even have it set down. I let the old man dog eat first and get his food first. And then this, this little pup gets to eat second. So that bowl gets set down and she's, I don't care either way. She'll sit and stay there or she'll uh, be on woe. She'll just stand there and wait until I've released her. Another really, really good little obedience thing that was well worth the time and was really easy to train. Uh, and, and how we did that is just set that food down and held on to her. Initially, when she was a pup, I had her picked up and then slowly dropped her to the ground. When she took off to go to the, the food, nope, caught her and until she's calm. And by doing this, as she's fighting and flailing, it's like, I want that, I want that, I don't want that that food. Just that helped calm her down quite a bit. So as you slowly drop her down, she gets excited, I picked her back up. With an older or bigger dog, I think you could do that by just grabbing onto them and holding onto them there as they are fighting you until they stop. And that can be like a long, long time. Initially, feeding times took a long time. Now I've got it down to where I can do it right away. It's no big deal. I can release her. So releasing them to do whatever has been a really great thing. So the eating, the kennel, um, and oh, uh, and then also when we're out in the field. So if I want her to go search for something, I'll have her woe or sit, and then I'll release her. And how I release her, I'm still working on that for uh, the in the field, but I might as well be consistent, is just releasing her by using her name. So I like to point my hand over her head. So there's a visual as well as a audible. So over her head, and I'll just say Bailey, and out she goes. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. 
knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Another big one that's a good obedience thing that we're working on is lots of leave it and take it. And that's simply done just by uh, putting something that she wants in front of her face and say, leave it, leave it, leave it. And uh, as she understands, no, she can't have it until I say, take it. Uh, that is just an easy, easy one to um, control. And again, another, you don't do anything until I tell you to. The other big one, this takes up majority of my time, is heel work, walking through the yard, keeping a nice loose leash, and keeping her to my side. So she stops when I stop. And this is where a pointing dog is different than a lab. Um, as you're healing, I do not work on sit with my dog very much. Uh, other than sit stays in the kitchen. I've noticed when I do want her to woe, she will sit down and then I have to go over there and correct it. So with a pointing dog, I'm I'm not as concerned with sitting because it actually gets in the way of my woe training. So as you're healing with a pointing dog, I would actually suggest if she or he stops while you're doing heel work when you stop and she just stands there, that's great. And that's what I'm doing <clears throat> with your labs. You probably want the dog to sit or retriever. Cause that's not the only, uh, flushing dog or any dog, but <clears throat> you would want to be healing, doing that heel work as it is following along you. And then it stops when you stop and sit. Uh, so that's been a, a easy thing to, to add in there. And then my woe to that is a closed fist in front of her face. And I'll add woe in there. Uh, so she'll stay there and once I say Bailey come she'll come right to me and I can give her all kinds of distractions while she's sitting in or staying in woe uh, by throwing my hat uh, I've thrown uh, dead chuckers or her dummy or toys or whatever she's stuff she really really likes or even go up and you pet her and then back off kneel down open your arms up look inviting and if she breaks then you bring her back to that woe spot or sit spot and you repeat that and repeat it until she's got it like two times in a row and then you can continue on uh, with the next thing or just more repetition. So that's kind of what my training sessions look like. Uh, there is there is a little difference in the pointing dog versus uh, your flushing dogs or just your household dog. But either way, I think you could easily adapt in a portion to that to make that a uh something that fits your debt your bird your dog i don't know it doesn't even have to be a bird dog 
We're working on adding in birds. Uh, I realize at five months she should have been seeing birds already, but it's kind of difficult because I don't have pigeons. Uh, catching pigeons is not necessarily the easiest thing. I've done it in the past, um, but you got to find a spot and then you got to have a place to keep them. And then also you got to have a place to train with them. So that, like everyone else, is, struggles to do. Um, so we've got some dead birds that we've been using and I'll just throw them in my, my tall grass and, and have her hunt for them a little bit. And she just does some retrieves, which is interesting. She is not finding her point. She doesn't do a whole lot of pointing, which is odd. Um, but maybe that's the fact that it's a dead bird versus a live bird. Uh, we'll see kind of as we hit those live birds. Been really nervous about going out anywhere where we actually have some grouse or anything like that. Still hot out, so snakes are relevant and... Uh, I've got a big fear of her getting bit by a snake, so that's why we're not we're not running into that yet. Uh, so adding in some kind of dead bird scent retrieval that we've gone off of the visual, and it's been great to see her learn to how to use her nose to find something like that. So hopefully you can find some space to run with your dog. Pigeons would be great. Um, I'm not worried about launchers or anything like that. When I get some birds, all I'm simply going to do is tuck their head under their wing, uh, spin them around just a little bit gently uh, by grabbing the whole bird and then tucking it into the grass right there. That's enough. And then after you back up, they'll hold for a little bit and then you can run your dog in the area. One thing I have not done and I just haven't figured out quite yet is whistle commands. Uh, thinking about just a couple of simple whistle commands just to keep control of her in the field. And that's just having multiple whistle blasts as they come and then a single whistle blast to change her direction. So if I wanted her to uh, hunt more into these cattails to the left, I can. she's hunting to the right, that I can send her into the left because maybe I know where a bird is that she doesn't. So that's something I'm going to work on here eventually. Uh, but otherwise, just keep your, your training sessions pretty short. Keep them uh, at least three to four days a week. I need to be more five to seven, but I'm hitting that three to four day mark, so I feel like I'm hitting a little bit. Uh, and they also are pretty short. They're five to 15 minutes long, so not that long at all and kind of easy to squeeze in in the day. All right, shifting gears onto the season update. Just a couple little things uh, to keep you guys motivated. It seems like my hunting season is, the the majority of it is over. Having such an eventful hunt out in Colorado and a very involved hunt, but there's a lot of hunting season left. Uh, we've still got a lot of archery, a lot of rifle, see all the rifle seasons yet to, to be had. So uh, keep your motivation up. We've got a lot of, a lot of work to do yet and remember we we think about this for uh eight months out of the year and don't get to do this all 12 so keep that same pr preparation for your hunts as you did the, the first i'm doing the same here i've got um some shooting i'm going to be doing today some more adjustments to my bow make sure everything is shooting good uh really need to start shooting some 3ds if you haven't been shooting 3ds there's such a big difference especially as we get into, um, well, archery deer season is over in Colorado or ending here in Colorado. Uh, but in South Dakota here, it keeps going in a lot of states. It just keeps going and going deer are a lot smaller than a, than a, uh, than an elk. So it's a small target. And when I head to Arizona, 
whether we're chasing mule deer, which Ryan's hunting for mule deer for me, but if we end up, so Ryan, if you're listening, I know you are, uh, if, if it ends up being a, a coos deer, I was watching your, your hunt today, this morning, just, uh, where you guys, you and your brother doubled up on those coos deer. That was pretty sweet little deal to see you guys double up in that, that there's two bucks. You got to just check it out. Um, um, so just go over to points West outdoors and YouTube and watch their most recent two bucks dead in their bed. It's kind of a cool little hunt. Uh, but what I was saying, Ryan is, uh, that, uh, if we see coos deer, we see a coos deer buck, I don't have any problem switching gears and going and chasing that. So, uh, would love, love, love a 180 muley or even a 160 plus. Uh, so I, I just want to, I'm thinking more my goals for the Arizona I have hunt planned that I have is more so just hunting a new state, new country, new style, uh, and learning. So it, I realized just today actually that the query that I'm chasing is not necessarily the goal. Just want to, to have a good time. I just love big mule deer. So that, that was kind of some of the motivation and wanting to maybe chase mule deer more so, but just want that new country, uh, new experience and, and, uh, also getting to know, um, another hunting style and some other, other guys. So yeah, in that I really, really, really gotta be shooting more 3ds and out at that 6,200 yards. Um, I'm thinking it'd be nice to be within 80. Don't really feel good shooting at a small little coos deer to hundred, uh, but a mule deer at 80, I can get it done with some good practice. So keep shooting those, those 3Ds, maybe, uh, with your rifle shooting, keep shooting that, that as well. I'm headed out today on the range, got a new scope on my rifle, make sure everything's dialed. Uh, and then in the house safely, I'll be dry firing quite a bit. That's some of the best things you can do, uh, just to keep yourself in tune with your gun and just keep working on dry firing, put a spot on the wall or even a mount on the wall would be a good thing to to focus on just squeezing the trigger on another big thing spending a lot of time on. And I encourage you guys to do the same is some e-scouting. Uh, you had kind of had your plan maybe, but as these other seasons approach, uh, keep e-scouting. There was a really good video Onyx put out really a little bit ago on some five tips on some finding new ground that using their 3d, uh, feature hadn't really used that a whole lot yet. But now I kind of see where that would fit in some of these rolling prairies and, and, uh, some of it, or just that deserty, not giant mountain kind of stuff, but somewhere in between, uh, some good habitat there that you can find using that 3d option. So go check that out. Also, don't forget, keep your gear organized and going, clean your bow, clean your guns, uh, my pistol is sitting here on my, my desk and it is dusty and dirty from my Colorado hunt. So I need to clean that up. Uh, my bow needs to get a little wiped down with some Q-tips and uh, just some similar, not gun oil, but just some little cleaning solution of some sort. Uh, my pack and my boots need to get cleaned. So here's my way of cleaning my pack uh, after it gets a little blood on it or uh, my cow estrus scent elk pee 
leaked all over on the inside. It, good thing I had it in a Ziploc, but that Ziploc kind of leaked out a little bit, uh, which I was elk hunting, so I don't really care. But this is what I do. I take and put the whole pack in the bathtub, fill it up a little way so it, it's it uh, kind of submerges. Cold water is good for blood. So I, I let that sit. I go in there and kind of squish it around, squish it around, let that water penetrate the pack and, and get everything washed out and then i'll throw a little dawn dish soap in there to uh, and scrub it all around and around and around get that uh that soap out get any of that other stuff out and then i'll drain it and i'll do it again um kind of give it a rinse off in the tub but then you fill it back up soak it again and you can slowly work out all that detergent out of there and any blood and you'll notice just more dirt and dust and just stuff keeps coming out of there big thing just getting that blood out and keeping your pack clean then i'll hang it upside down all the pockets open make sure no water's trapped hang it upside down outside and away we go and it'll be ready to go next time my boots i like to wash under the sink with a brush and get that dirt off of there uh, if you look at any pair of boots that you buy you, it'll show how on there to keep them clean keep them clean well that dirt in there is not good to leave over uh, a whole year so you want to make sure you get that cleaned out and then there's all kinds of product i since i got hanwag boots i grabbed some of their hanwag uh, products to help there's a cleaner and then a waterproofer and then a wax so when i was doing preseason stuff i did three of those and it took me about three days to do all of that so it had dry time in between but having some sort of product where it's a waterproofer and then you let that dry for 24 hours and then you can add on a wax to it if you're if you're wanting so that's what I do with my pack and my boots. And obviously gun cleaning and bow cleaning uh, are important too. So keep those trail cameras rolling throughout the season. We've got long seasons here. And uh, so we, we're trying to use some trail cameras. We're still trying to figure out where things are at, where they're moving, and helping make game day decisions on your hunts. So there you go. We've got some dog training. We've got some mid-season uh, thoughts as to uh, where we're at in the season and keeping rolling with with the next one. So good luck to you on whatever you got coming up next, and uh, send in some of them success photos. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.